Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There wow. it is. The the production that you can only dream about. The resources that we have here um, at Odyssey and 2400 Sports are unmatched. I'm not sure if you know this, Gabe, but the initial production assistant that worked on the opening sequence to the movie Avatar actually did, yeah, did yeah. that Southsiders uh, rejoin slash open. How cool so it, is that? it probably well, you know how Avatar, like the second uh, film, is taking probably like a decade or so to come out. Yeah, probably because he was spending too much time working on our intro. He's working on the intro. <laughs> Someone pushed it back too far. Wow, what a crock of shit, man! Have you seen a paycheck for this yet? By the way, I'm sorry. What? Have you, a paycheck? Have I'm sorry. Seen... <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah, great. Um, this is the Southsiders Podcast. My name is Shane Reardon. That is Gabe Ramirez. You find him on Twitter and Instagram at Chicago underscore Gabe. Myself at Shane underscore Reardon. And Gabe, um, I refrained from telling you this in our group thread or ahead of time because I just wanted to see how your improv skills are. So this weekend on Friday evening, I shut my phone off mm-hmm. and I turned my phone back on. Uh, yesterday before the Bears game because I went camping and I did not see a single White Sox game uh, this weekend. I, I'm, I'm familiar with what happened. I know they took two or three. I know Andrew Vaughn hit a grand slam. I know Friday night uh, they pissed it away and then Cleveland came back and got the win too uh, in their game. Um, but that's all I've got for you. I know they're oh. three and a half back. And I know that if they don't win these three games against Cleveland, the season is basically over. Um, and that's that's where I'm at. How was your weekend watching the White Sox? Because I was fucking touching grass and going yeah. on hikes with my dog. Yeah. So I don't give a shit. It would have been cool if you were smoking grass. Um, that we been did awesome. that too. Oh, okay. Cool. Dude, I mean, those little, the, the five count tins from dog walkers, like the five five count joints, like $30. Yeah. It's awesome. It's a steal. And then you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to roll them yourself. Yeah. You know, it's just a a a one hitter or carry around a heavy pen or something like that. Yeah. But I, but I will tell you this. I, I, cause when, when the dispensaries first came out and even in like Las Vegas, when I would go there, I would get shamed for buying pre-rolls shamed by real smokers. And I'll tell you why, but then it made sense. Cause then I saw a meme that said pre-rolls are the boxed wine of marijuana. And the reason why, Here's, here's the reason why. Because it's all just shake. It's the shake that's left over, and they just stuff J's all day long with the shake. So it's not even like real awesome buds. 
You're getting, look at your face. Like your face, when I said that, you were like. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I didn't think about that. Yeah. So like, if you're a casual smoker, then it doesn't matter, right? Because yeah. box wine is going to get you trashed just as uh, pre-rolls are going to get you high. Yeah. But uh, but the the, the, the the smoking connoisseurs out there would say. Okay. You know, they, you're wasting away the money. So I actually, I've been shamed into to not buying pre-rolls anymore. Okay. So I'm a, I'm an occasion. I, I smoke for occasions. Like I don't okay. come home and, and light up to relax or something. Sure. You know, but when the moment's right, you know, you're, you're camping out in remote Harad, Illinois, five and a half hours south of here in the Shawnee National Forest, then, then you go ahead and light one up. It sounds like, you know, out there you were trying to do some sort of seance to get the White Sox to play properly, you know, but it didn't work on Friday. Just no, didn't work. It didn't work like, on what, Friday. What's the deal? Fr Friday in a nutshell, like if you were to give it like a one sentence explanation, it would just be White Sox can't hit bad pitchers. That's just it. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a theme and it's not even a theme of just this year. It's like friggin' every year for the, since I've been a Sox fan, like mediocre to, to, to rookie pitchers for some odd reason. Sox just can't hit him. So Matt Manning on Friday, just a gem, dude. Seven innings, five Ks. Sox couldn't touch him. And, you know, Giolito pitched all right. You know, bullpen for the Sox has been pitching well, but that was a heartbreaking type of game because you're just like, no. I mean, it was already bad you lost to the Rockies the day before. And then you're like, no, not to the Tigers, no. But, you know, so, so that was a tough game. That was a tough game to watch just because you thought you were – you know what's even more tough? It's not even – you know what? Let, let me backtrack a little bit, Shane. Okay. Because the Sox have been playing well. Like, like, let's not even focus on a game or two. Let's If we focus on – like, if we just zoomed out just a little bit, the Sox have been playing well. It's the fucking Guardians that have been on fire. Like, beating the shit out of the Twins, like, handling business. Then they lose to uh, the, the, us in the middle. But they just fucking crushing the Angels, crushing the Twins. And there's really nothing you can do but tip your cap, man. It's like – you, you you could you can't wait all season long, assuming that both of those teams are just going to continue to shit the bed, right? It's like that's not going to happen. Eventually, one of them was going to get hot at some point, just like the White Sox have gotten somewhat hot at this point, and it just fucking sucks. But you got to tip your cap because those guys are fucking playing out of their mind right now. And um, what they're doing is they're beating the teams that they're supposed to beat. That is a an overarching theme of this modern day White Sox organization. They don't beat the teams that they're supposed to beat, and they play to the level of their lesser opponents and not to the level of their their more talented opponents. the 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 issue here is, and it always has been, and I don't know if this is fixed in free agency or if this is just a. It sounds so silly to say, but if this is just a organizational curse, the issue is consistency. It doesn't matter how talented these teams have been. The White Sox organization is not consistent. They don't win consistent games. They don't make consistently good managerial decisions. They don't make consistently good free agent decisions. They don't make consistently good ownership decisions. This is an organization that has a one big flaw, and that is the inability to be consistent. And we've seen that this season. We saw it last season when they started real hot and finished like shit. Um, and I don't watch enough baseball around the country to tell you definitively or even with some kind of statistical or analytical backup that other teams are as inconsistent as the White Sox are. I don't, I don't know if it's the case, but in my viewing experience, this is the most inconsistent franchise that I've ever watched. Yeah, it, it, and it's pretty disheartening. I mean, two things, two things come to mind. 
One, it's a statement you made about Jerry Reinsdorf uh, earlier in the, in the podcast, probably one of our first episodes. And the second is something that Hawk Harrelson always used to say. And he would say, you know, when it, when it comes to inconsistency, say you, you know, teams are going to win 60, lose 60, and then it's about the 60 in between, right, that they, that they do. So when talking about the league, I mean, I, I think that's pretty consistent throughout the league. But, again, I can't get the statement that you made out of my head as the season's winding down and as the Sox are more than likely going to miss this whole thing by a game or two because they're probably going to, you know, beat up on Cleveland. But they'll still miss it because they'll, they'll lose some games they shouldn't. And as they miss it by two games, all I can think about is your statement about Jerry Reinsdorf saying second place is awesome. It, it gets the fan base, you know, worked up and, 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 and invested, but they don't win. And, and therefore, you still have expectations for, the, for the, the upcoming season. And that's exactly where we're at right now, right? Where you've given us enough as Sox fans to say next year, right? Next year. Like we can make some some offseason acquisitions and we can, you know, we can, you know, some of our younger guys are going to come like the same fucking bullshit. Right. And the problem is everyone else in the league feels the same way when they miss the playoffs or don't win the World Series. Oh, we're a pitcher away. We're a, we're a left handed bat away. Everyone feels the same way. The problem is the Sox are further and further away every year. They don't go all in on winning something like the World Series. Well, the problem is their definition and Jerry's definition of all in is not the same as the definition that the Padres have, the Yankees have, the Dodgers have, the Braves have. Like when your definition of success is different than the teams that you're competing against, then you're never going to find it. If your standard for what you think the best possible baseball team is that you can put on the field, if that standard is different than the teams in your division – then you're never going to win a division. It's it's that clear. If you're okay with finishing behind market fucking 16, whatever Cleveland is, <laughs> right. market fucking 14, whatever Minneapolis is, if you're okay finishing behind them, then you're never going to change. Jerry Reinsdorf is still bringing in dollar upon dollar upon dollar upon dollar. He'll never want for anything in his life, and he's 95 fucking years old. I'm tired of hearing, oh, Jerry wants another World Series for the White Sox before he dies. He wants, he wants one more. Yeah, he wants one more at his standard. Yeah, on his if terms. If he goes above his standard or expectation for what he believes he should have to spend, then he's not going to do it. And I'm tired of thinking that that's going to change. Yeah. And it's un- it's it's unfair to the fan base for an owner to feel as though – his team is successful if they're better than the team up, up the road. And I feel like that plays into it as well, where it's like, oh, at least we're better than the Cubs right now. So, you know, we, we were winning something. No, that's not the standard. That's not our standard. No. As, 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 as Sox fans, that's not our standard. Cubs suck. But you know what? Cubs are going to bounce back. Cubs are going to fucking do something. And then what happens then? You're still this mediocre, you know, mid-level team that's like the Tampa Bay fucking Rays. And not even the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays are good, consistent. Yeah, they're good. And they 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 build talent and they they acquire talent. Right. The Cubs are going to go out and spend money on either Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa, Brandon right. Nemo. Like, they're going to go out there and spend money. If, right. like, okay, what's today? Today is September 19th. The 19th. Tomorrow is the due date for my deposit on my season tickets if I want playoff tickets for this year. Right. Jerry Reinsdorf, I know you listen <laughs> to this podcast. 
you're not getting my money. You're not uh, going to get my $1,400, $1,500 to guarantee myself two seats at every playoff game. You're not getting my money. Yeah. And I damn well hope that you understand. You're probably still going to get my money next year for season tickets. But this year, Jerry, you're not getting my money. I'm yeah. tired of it. Good. Good for you, man. I'm tired of being like the mid-level. I don't even watch wrestling. But I'm tired of being like the mid-level wrestler, right? Like the guy who never wins the championship. You're not a no-namer, but you're like a guy in the middle. Like even if we were something like uh, this is an old school name. I'm sure you heard of it. Like a Bam Bam Bigelow type of guy, right? Where you're not a superstar. Just the guy who used to have like tattoos on his head. Yeah, like but Gabe, the, the fire racers things. You know what I'm saying? Wrestling is scripted. I would kill for a scripted ending right now. <laughs> I would kill to to to, to know what's going to happen. They're specifically <laughs> you are Jose Abreu to come up to the plate like that, <laughs> and then oh. and everybody starts cheering, and then he fucking starts smacking home runs out of anywhere. Ah, if only, if only we could be that lucky. Where are um, you at on on Michael Kopech? Do you think that this is just a guy who's thrown more innings and more pitches in one season than he has in his entire career, or are these nagging injuries, whether it be the knee previously? And the shoulder inflammation now, do you think that's going to be a storyline for the rest of his White Sox career? Yeah, I think it's the former. I think it's, I think, listen, if, it, if this was four months ago, I would have shitted on the guy and been like, dude, you know what I mean? This is what we're dealing with. Who gives a fuck, you know? But I pay attention to, I pay attention to these nonverbals, man. And, and he's in. And that's all I want from a pitcher. He's in. And so for me, it's like, you, you got to take a step back and ask yourself, has Michael Kopech been hundred percent healthy at any point in the last 365 days the answer is probably no probably right? just just his first few starts yeah and even if that i'm sure there was something nagging or maybe even in his first few starts he might have thought he was 100 healthy but he wasn't in game shape health that's what i'm really talking about like like when he's hitting a stride he's never hit a stride he was warming up hurt her, her. so i wonder if like you shut him down right now and you give him all that time no not i'm wondering if when you, you shut his ass down right now which they have done. Right. Oh, they shut him down for the season? Well, not for the season, but 15 yeah. days. Shut his ass down for the season. Like, whatever. He's not going to contribute. Like, what the productivity you're going to get from a Michael Kopech is the same from a Davis Martin or a, or a, a Gonzalez. Like, it, like, it's whatever, right? He's like a mid to, to late level star, starter in your rotation. Shut his ass down. Get his ass healthy so that that way next year you can definitively make that decision as to whether he is a guy that can contribute to the squad. Because right now, he can't. Uh, an unhealthy Michael Kopech is not good for the Chicago White Sox in the last, whatever, less than 20 games there are in the season. It's just, it's just not good enough. But but him as a player, do I want Michael Kopech a part of this franchise moving forward? Yes, I do want him. Because what I don't want is a Carlos Rodon situation where we know he's a fucking dog, and but we don't want to deal with the bullshit, and then we let him go, and then he has this big fucking chip on his shoulder, and he's out destroying the rest of the fucking league, right? Like, I don't want that to happen. And and I genuinely feel like he wants to be here. Kind of like Robert Quinn and the Bears. Like, he's like, yo, no, I'm here. This is where I want to be. You guys traded for me. I like the squad. I like the culture here. And this is where I want to be. And what about you? I mean, what, what's your take on Kopech and, and his standing right now? Yeah, I, th- I think it's just as simple as a guy who's burnt out, guy who's never thrown this many pitches before. And, and I'm very much with you in terms of the nonverbals and the attitude. Um He's on the top step of the dugout every game, regardless of his health status. He's there. He's with his guys. He's over the railing right behind Lance Lynn when they when they get into it with uh, 
whoever it was Minnesota or I can't remember. Um, he's there every day and he shows up. He's just throwing a lot of pitches. And yeah, my shoulder would be inflamed too. If if you if you, it's something you've never done before and you're you're past the the threshold of of the most you've ever done, it's gonna happen. Um, 